Episode of Fancy Tickles. I am your host Bryce Beeler, with my hetero life mate and soon-to-be roommate uh, Jim Madoff. Welcome back, guys. It's us again, aka Uncle Wreckaball and uh, Wise Panda. And uh, what's what's uh, going on in the world now? Uh, same thing as it was before. Seems like things have mellowed out a smidge. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. Just enough that I mean, it's not all over the news like it was. It right. Well, I mean, it is, but it's like. Apparently, whatever last week's problem was, totally eliminated by this week's problem. Yeah. It's one of those kind of things right now. we got riots everywhere. You know, we got protesters everywhere. we got people protesting protesters. Everybody not getting along. Super, super great. But one thing is for sure is all of that uprising and all of those things apparently has destroyed the coronavirus. It seems uh, that way. Zero cases in a lot of places. Uh, recession of the disease in a lot of places. And spikes in others because of massive amount of people being outside and around each other. So it's kind of an up and down thing, but what it seems like is once we realize that, like, actual violence or actual, you know, scenarios of danger remove something that is, like, dangerous to, like, a really small percentage of the population. Yeah. Um, So with that being said, you know, it seems like coronavirus has been whooped by... uh, Well, a lot of it that was coming out recently is saying that all the tests that came back positive were actually false negative or false positives for for the for COVID nineteen, like nothing was like a hundred percent positive. So what they were saying was positive was all false positives. Well, not, maybe not all. Uh, the majority lot. of them, yes. really. Okay, the majority so, of them. So hopefully that means that there's far less numbers than yeah. And what it was was actually numbers. I mean, it's one of those things where you can't with the symptoms being as similar to the flu and allergies and everything else as it was. I mean, I don't think too many people die from allergies, but... Right, you only see the major symptoms in the elderly yeah. and the sickly and things like that, so it's really hard to gauge how deadly a virus is. I mean, when compared to, like, the average flu numbers, other than it's how virulent it is and how easily spread coronavirus is and how easy it seems to get all over the world in a really, really short amount of time, yeah. Um, the actual mortality rates are on par with the regular flu. Like, I believe 40 to 60,000 people a year die in America. And again, those are people with uh, pre-existing conditions or are elderly or frail. And so I think once we get past the hump and we get some better medications, this will be a problem of the, of the past for sure. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, the current problems, uh, people not getting along in America, people upset with the police, uh, people you know, upset with rioting, all those things seem to have also really really fizzled out or mellowed out i mean there's protests all over the world in major metropolitan areas but we're not seeing the uh more rural ones that came about like a week or during the week of the original protests and things so i think people are going to go back to peacefully protesting uh i have a feeling that antifa has gotten enough heat if you will for uh kind of sort of taking credit or the media is giving credit to antifa for being the ones that are actually destroying things and not representing the Black Lives Movement matter in a very good light. In yeah. fact, you would say that they are only serving themselves. 
um, in that they can steal televisions and shoes and things from stores and loot and riot and break things. And a, a mad society, an upset society, an unrest society um, is going to do those things when given the chance. You know, it feels good. Like, I've broken my own things numerous times in my life to feel better about, you know, you punch something or whatever. And I think when it's an issue so strong like this, then emotions take over. You see one person doing it and another person doing it and, another per and pretty soon it's hard not to have kind of a hive mind about it where you just, you're part of this flow of people that are destroying things. Um, on top of the fact that there's like crazy conspiracy theories out there right now saying like billionaire George Soros is literally funding and paying people like 50 to $100 a day to go and protest and destroy things, um, offering them convoys. But again, that's all campfire talk. That's all conspiracy talk. So we'd have to see after the fact if those things ever were a thing that came to fruition because if it was then that's domestic terrorism um at its least and uh in poor taste you know so with that if that's not real then shit dude we're about out of the woods for like crazy <laughs> shit 2020 we got six months we left hope, of the year we would hope but every yeah. as, as you look at it it just seems to be keep ramping up so well the asteroids and the aliens aren't here yet so uh they've revealed aliens that doesn't mean they're not here already. Again, this is going to your conspiracy theory. <laughs> uh, there is apparently an asteroid yeah, plummeting but, towards the Earth. Yeah, but it's not coming anywhere near us. They've already decided that we're all just fine. Yeah. Um, and here's the other thing. If the government tells you there's aliens, it's probably because there isn't aliens. Because they're shady characters sometimes. Yeah, Love my country. Not fond of my government right now. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, if they're throwing me, you know... An olive branch. Uh, aliens is it? I already knew they existed, dude. My tinfoil hat tells me that. You does know? it or does that block out the information that you It blocks to? the government waves, dude. The radio waves to get into my brain and control me. But it also is like an antenna to the true greys, man. They're going to come here and fucking tell us they built the pyramids and shit. Eh, we'll see. <laughs> tell me something more believable, I dare you. That's what I thought. But with that being said, I want to talk about dad life. I want to talk about relationships. It's mellowed you out a lot. What has? Dad life. Yeah. Yeah, I am definitely a whipped, caged animal now. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's not a bad thing. No, no, no. Don't get me well, wrong. It's, it's made you see things in a whole new light, I feel. Yeah, I think like, like more than a week in advance. And not so central-minded. Sure. Like, it's there, but it's, like, it's not so, like, it's, it's central-minded in the fact that you're thinking of not just me, but of my pack. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, it's, it's a little different. Like, when you're single, or even in a relationship to, to an extent, you're central-minded. You're like, this is all about me. This is about my well-being, my happiness. Well, not just me. Well, no, but to an extent, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like, think everybody's that, like, that compa way. Well, compared to, like, having kids. Oh, Whereas sure. kids, it's like... My happiness is their happiness. Right. Them being yeah. happy and taken care of is what makes me happy. Oh, yeah. Whereas, you can have, like, like the best it, day ever, and if your kid isn't having a bad, like, a good day, yeah. when you get home, forget about the day. Because you, all yeah. you're doing is, yeah, you're just worried about your kids feeling better or whatever. Yeah. It's a totally different world. It's like two two jobs. It's like you have your regular job that you go to that, like, I have two kids. I'm an eight-year-old and a two-year-old, and it's that, like, going to work is my break. Like, it's so easy to deal with adults because, like, the ones that act childish, you can just, like, treat them like you would your kids. And they react accordingly. <laughs> the grown-ass adults would be like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. 
You're like, it's cool. Just don't do it again. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm disappointed. Go back to your station. <laughs> and they're like, I'm okay. You know, and that, you know, things like that. You learn things about people. But yeah, when you get home, it's chaos because those children at my house don't listen when I tell them. Yeah. Like, I can tell Dippy Doo Doo at work, you know, to help out or do something, and then they just do it, you know, or they ask me to help out and I just do it because we're adults or whatever. Children, every day, I tell my son the same thing all day, the same 50 things in hopes that after. Five to fifteen years, any one of those lessons sticks. I've done my job. Yeah. Like, and that's any of them. Yeah. It's so crazy. Like, don't hit your sister. The day that he doesn't hit his sister, I'm gonna be so fucking happy, dude. <laughs> it's unreal how happy I'm gonna be that he didn't strike his sister in violence. And he's two, and he's an animal. Yeah. But uh, same thing like with Aubrey. Like, she's awesome, but she does this thing where she would rather fib about the thing she did. And every single time, I'm like, honey, I 100,000% know that you're fibbing right now. There's no way the story that you're telling me is how this thing happened. And and she just will be so adamant. Until then, she's like, okay, but don't be mad at me. This is actually what happened. And you're like, okay, if you would have just done that, and, and I do this literally every day. Oh, no, I know. I just tell her, I'm like, if you would just tell me the truth, dad's your number one fan, I'll always help you. I don't care how bad it is, just tell me the truth. And I almost 100% am not going to be mad. And uh, sure shit, every time she acts as if it's the first time I've ever mentioned that to her. Like, my most important life lesson to her. And she's like, shit, when have you ever said that before, Dad? Right. It's like, I don't know, five times yesterday and like ten times the day before that. And I don't know, since you could speak. Right. <laughs> that, that kind of shit. But, like, it's so satisfying when they finally do, like, tell you the truth. Like, like, uh... I can't remember what she broke a mine or she was drawn on or something. I can't remember the other day. And I was like, Aubrey, did you do this? And she almost started to fib. She was like, mm, and started to shake her head. And I was like, gave her like the big eyebrows. I'm like, really? We're going to do this again? She's like, okay. I did, 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 and told me what she did. And I was like, cool. Thanks for telling me. I can fix this. Go back to having fun. And her, you could see the fucking firework go off in her head like, whoa, wait a minute. I can break shit and be bad, and as long as I tell the truth, I'm not going to get in trouble. And I most definitely had to explain to her that that was not the case. I was going to say, that's going to be the situation <laughs> where you're going to have to be like, I was like, well, you're not going to go, like, wreck my car and be like, hey, Dad, I'm being honest with you, baby. I wrecked your car. <laughs> like, I'm still going to be fucking super furious. Well, I was gonna say, but not just... as much as if she's like, well, Ollie got up in the night, and I'm pretty sure he wrecked your car, and then I went out there to check what was going on. So that's why it looked like I was in the driver's seat. And I'm like, honey, Ollie's in bed. That's impossible. And she's like, yeah, he's pretty shady. Yeah, <laughs> he's a trickster, isn't he? And it's like, you know. But yeah, no. Uh, other than that, kids are like, they're like easy, but they're hard. Like on that same line, like kids are very easily tricked. Oh, yeah. Like, it, like I can be like, Ollie, we're not going to the park, bud. Or I'll be like, Ollie go get your shoes. And he's like, I'm like, go get your shoes, Ollie. Like, and I'm like, okay, you want to go to the park, Ollie? And he's putting his socks on himself. He's pulling his shoes on himself, pants, shirt, whole nine. When most of the time he acts like he can barely walk when I mention the word shoes or socks. He's like, I can't figure it out, dad. But when he wants to go to the park, sure shit, he can put all that stuff on. All on the ball. So yeah, so you figure out to be like, 
hey, Aubrey, you clean your room? And she's like, mm. she has this little 15-year-old eye roll shit when she's eight years old. And I'm like, for reals, dude, I just asked you to clean your room. She doesn't clean her room. If I'm like, hey, Aubrey, you want to go get some ice cream? And she'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, cool, clean your room first. Bam, spotless room. Oh, yeah. You know? But then you're so the bad dad if you don't get him ice cream. Yeah, but I do. Well, I know. That's yeah, dude, every single time. It's like bait yeah. and switch, but you're not switching. You're still giving the bait. Well, yeah, that's how you get him to do it the next time. And then you just make the t- what you do. It's a, it's a long game, Jim. This is a hustle. So first it's ice cream and shit. And then you like dwindle down to a candy bar. And then you put a quarter in one of them shitty machines that has all the old candy in it. And you crank it once and you get like four broken M&Ms or whatever. And then eventually you're just like, hey, go clean your room. And then they forgot that there used to be a fucking treat attached to it. And they go clean their room. Sometimes. No, I've already taken Aubrey from toys at Goodwill in the thrift store down to ice cream, down to just fucking go clean your fucking room before (laughs) I beat you. And then they do. But I don't beat my kids either. I can just threaten them with it. And they're all good. Yeah. Except for Ollie. I beat him all the time. Well, he's kind of, he's a, like you said, he's a terror. He's all boy. You kind of got, he's all Bryce. What? I'm a fucking angel. He gets his attitude from his mother. <laughs> Probably his attitude, but his stubbornness he gets from you. That's all you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> For, I've, I've never been married, never had kids of my own, but I've dated women with kids. So it's kind of, I've had that experience with raising them a little bit. Oh, 100%. Like the, the relationship, I mean. That's why I thought this would be such a great episode, because you have a different, pers- you've always been that like super awesome boyfriend that always includes the kid. Like, the kid's as big as the mom is in the situation. Yeah. Well, and, and you have to know that. Like, that's what happened with me and Taylor when we first got together. You know, it was like, it was a family package. It's not just like you get a girlfriend. It's like, yeah. whole family. Well, that's, you, you know. I mean, at our age, and I've, I've come to this realization, hands down, there's two types of girls out there for either, for us, when you break it down. There's either a girl that's got a kid that's all about the kid that works all the time and then has the kid all the time as well. So it's like... A, their their focus is making sure that kid is taken care of and then there's work on top of it. Yeah. Then you've got the girl that has no kids but they're so job oriented that they don't have time for anything extra like relationship wise. So you either basically your best bet is to just take the mom with the kid. And I say <laughs> that and I say that not in like a just I'm going to settle but oh, it's no, kind no, of no. a you you know you'll have more time and there's like way yeah. more fulfilling when you wrap your mind around like hey, this little kid is just as important and needs just as much help from me as anybody does yeah. in the world. You know what I mean? And just as much as the mom appreciates that stuff. So it's like really easy to be just being a good person is more than enough, you know, to help take care of the kid too. Yeah, and that's, I've always had a thing for kids, not in that weird, creepy, touchy uncle way as we've discussed before. Tell that to those fucking glasses I found, Uncle Creepy. Well, you don't even have a prescription, dog, and you got the creeper glasses. Those are my Dahmers. I call those the Dahmers. <laughs> right, oh, Oh, he just eat teenagers. Yeah. He didn't do nothing to kids. Well, at least they were old enough. <laughs> oh, Somewhat. Yeah, no. <laughs> still grass on the field. Oh, Lord. <laughs> this is taking a turn, so well, guys. Uh, back to the children. This is why I don't have a female right now. <laughs> Quite possibly other situations in life, but we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but like it's, it's one of those things where every girl that I've dated has either had a kid or more. And it's never been, like, they're way older, like, the kid-wise. Like, I, I, usually when I get with a girl, the kid's fairly young, which sucks because then if the kid gets attached to you, 
then you're like, well... Well, yeah, because a kid can go from, like, never meeting you to your best friend in, like, a week. Yeah. And so that takes, like, no time at all. Which is, like, a responsibility of guys and, like, moms in that situation. They yeah. have to know, like... Like, I, I've known some women that you don't go around their kids at all for yeah. like quite some time. Yeah, exactly, you, they, you yeah. do everything separate because they don't want to do that to their kids. And exactly. that's, like, that's pretty rad. That's respectable, yeah. And I get that. Like, I get that. And it, But at the same time, you're kind of like, well, then... And it takes a good guy to be able to deal with that and understand yeah. it. And it's like, well, okay, cool. I can, you know, wait this thing out or whatever because yep. you're a cool person and I'm sure your kid's probably cool. You know, like it's... Exactly. You know? yeah. And if not, obviously a kid needs their ass beat. Boom! <laughs> Back to making good kids. Do what uh, you got to do. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I dated a girl one time. We kid was pretty young. You know, like, came into the kid's life probably when it was like one and a half, maybe two. Oh, that's like brand new. Yeah. yeah. But it was still, like, he was old enough to recognize me, hang out with me, like, put in time watching Mickey Mouse on the couch. Oh, whatever, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. All that good shit, play with cars and toys and stuff. So his mom and I went out one night. We had a babysitter set up. My brother watched the kid at their apartment. They were, she was roommate with him. And we went off. We went to one of the NAIA ball games, enjoyed that, went over to a friend's house, did a barbecue, and had some drinks there. Ended up getting too intoxicated to go home at the point. <laughs> and so we stuck it out and got a little nap on the couch or whatever. We're planning on going home by like 3.30 or 4. Woke up, still wasn't feeling it just yet, so we slept for like another half hour. Get back to the apartment, and the door's wide open. <laughs> and we're just like, what the fuck? Like, what is going on? Walk in the door, and her son's sitting on the couch in his pajamas, TV on. <laughs> like, he's got the whole kit and caboodle. He's sitting there, and he goes, hi, guys. Morning. And we're like, hey, what's up? He goes, I went outside to look for you, but you weren't here. <laughs> we were like, oh, shit. Um, yeah, we got up to go see if the sun was up and make sure he was going to get up with us so he would be here to say hi to you. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and then just right back to TV. <laughs> and at that point, I left the mom. I was like, yeah, he's your kid. I'm going home to sleep a little bit. I'll come back later to, to watch him so you can sleep. Well, and here's a thought, too, that would have probably went into my crazy brain. If I could have had a GoPro on that kid, what does it mean by, like, I went out to look for yeah. you guys? Like, I went outside. Obviously, you guys weren't there. The car's not here, Went so. to the street. Still not there. <laughs> Got to Spokane on the bus. You know? Somebody turned him around. Like, <laughs> or he just peeked outside and was like, mm-mm, scary. Like a Stewie. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's like a Family Guy thing where Stewie <laughs> decides to make his way to Europe or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, what's funny is nine times out of ten, except for with my son, I'm sure, uh, a kid would just look out the door and be like, "Scary, right? I'm good." They're probably out there. <laughs> you know, saying all loud. Your kid goes like he mobbed to the street one day. Yeah, he's an explorer. Like we have this like jungle rental next to our house because they don't understand that there's this modern machine called a lawnmower and you could just mow the fucking grass. So it's like eight feet high next door, and he just goes running barefoot. Like through the gravel and into jungle land, and he's like as tall as jungle land, pretty much. And he's just headed for the alley. He's on his way, and I've never seen him run that fast before. I was like, and I'm pretty quick, so I caught up with him. But yeah, he would just go. He I don't who knows where he would stop. Like I, I wouldn't be like he'd get to the cement and like look and be like, whoa, road, dude, whoa, what's going on here? Right. He just I think he would go until he got tired. Pretty like, much. He would just be it. down in like Arnold Park asleep in the grass. Like I ran as fast as I could to here. He'd force gump it. Yeah. I don't want to run no more. Just turn back around and walk home. <laughs> I'm tired. I think I'm done running. <laughs> yeah, it would be one of those things. But 
Oh, that's scary, dude. That's still scary to yeah. think. <laughs> so what was life like before kids? I mean, obviously, you did your... Well, uh, before kids... The kid, single life. Yeah, was, single life is, is, you know, before kids. The biggest thing is, is, it's funny, it's not like big things or spending money on yourself. It's like being able to get up when you feel like it. Not necessarily in the morning, but like, say I'm sitting in this chair right now. Yeah. If I felt like it, I could get up, walk out the door, go grab a pop, go to the store... Do whatever I felt like. Go for a drive, just blow some time or whatever. Um, and when you got kids, you, you just can't do that. There's no such thing as just getting up when you feel like it and yeah. going doing this thing that you want to do. You got to get them ready. It has to be like copacetic with the schedule. If they got stuff going on, or grandma and grandpa's coming over, or family, you know, or the missus has already got something going on. It's one of those things that just like uh, doesn't really exist miss. anymore. It just doesn't exist. Yeah, you just can't just get up and go. And I was always such a get-up-and-go person. Like, hey, I'm going to Spokane today. Bye. Yeah. And there's nobody, like, it was. it's just informing somebody, hey, if I die, it's you probably, know I'm, I'm in Spokane probably. Yeah. And see, that's my biggest situation in a relationship there, too, is the communication part. And it's not a, I'm telling you this because I'm whipped and because, you know, you've told me to tell you this. It's a respect thing. Oh, and that's yeah, where yeah, I have yeah. the... Where, Again, some people are like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And that's perfect. That's great. But when you're in a relationship, it's kind of nice to let somebody know, like, my evening's free and I would like to make plans with you, but I don't know what you have going on. So if you've got something going on, just tell me I'm going to go do this. Not so... It's that, that communication thing. Well, right. And you have, like, when you're in a relationship and you have kids, it's a combination of the two. Like, you're both taking care of the kids all the time. It's not yeah. like a trading off as babysitters type of thing. So... You have your lives together, and then you have the lives with the kids, and then you have yours, and she has hers. Yeah. Well, that's a four-way split instead of a one-way split of how you decide to do stuff. And, you know, the odds are not normally in dad's favor. Like, yeah. it goes, like, kidship first, and then, you know, mom, because mom's not happy, nobody's happy, yeah. and then you. And that's just kind of, and, like, that's not even that bad because there's a million other double standards you know, in life where guys yeah. make out just like super good on it. Yeah. So I'm not going to point out that, you know, Hey, I don't have everything going for me as a white man. What right. the fuck? You know, like, right. I also want my free time first on the list before my kids and my wife, you know, <laughs> so you just kind of go with it. Like, and it makes you feel good to make other people happy. Like, even if you're like, man, I really want to go to whatever this thing was or go and do that. It's really nice to see your kids finish or do something, you know, yeah. and pick something out and they're smiling, you know, so then that's your thing too. Yeah. And some guys, like, some guys don't have, like, extreme hobbies or hobbies that bring them out or you take tons of time. Their hobbies are sometimes just at home or whatever, and they're, like, super, super involved in their kids. That's their whole world or whatever. And, like, my kids are my whole world, but i got to be my own person, too. Like, yeah. I have to have my collections and my hobbies and stuff like the podcast and to function, you know, like, yeah. so that you can be an individual because you can't just be... Mr. Beeler, or you can't just be Mrs. Beeler, you can't just be Mr. Maydell, you have to be you, like, not attached to the kids and the family all the time, and it's not like a representation out to society, but what I mean is, is if you lose yourself and all that, you lose the things that your partner liked about yeah. you in the first place, and then you aren't passing the things your partner liked about you in the first place onto your kids, like being, I, I've been guilty of that too, like kind of you could come into your shell because you're just maybe up, not upset, but you just, you're not doing all the things you feel like doing. And sometimes you feel like last on the list or whatever. 
and even if you're like being a nice person and not yelling or not complaining about what you do there's still you don't have such a suave on you you're not as smooth of an operator you know yeah. and then that makes your partner uncomfortable so you know and then you lose that part of you if you let it go too long or whatever yeah but on the flip side of that you know the stronger your resolve is and the more that you see that super long process of being you know like a good dad and trying to be a good partner or whatever the long term of it is what shapes us all as people that's what makes older people have answers to questions when you're like man this is the biggest problem in the world and I'm already an adult so I'm assuming that this is actually a big real world problem for adult and then you like you know you lay it on some older person that's had a couple marriages or you know and has lived life has seen things has seen crisis has seen war and they'll always have an answer where you're like that's the reaction you know they don't gasp they're just like well yeah it's unfortunate but you gotta live through it and then this is how you move forward and you're like well shit dude everybody's went through it so yeah. you know or some form of this that's why how i'm going to make my way through it right you know and that's everything dude like in the moment some crises are so so heavy and they're so compounded on you and you feel the weight of them that it seems like it's never going to end and five minutes later feels like an eternity while you're still stuck in that problem yeah uh, but then when you look back on it, you're like holy shit that entire process no matter how chaotic was was a week or two weeks or whatever it, it wasn't really a huge amount of time in my life that should affect that much of your future you know and that's yeah, that's the, that's the, a part of like being in a relationship or not in a relationship or dealing with crisis and growing up, you yeah. know. And that's a big part of dad life, you know, teaching your kids. You know, you can everybody's kids learns to use the potty. All kids, not all, I don't want to say it like this, but like all kids that are capable learn to speak and go to the bathroom and they learn to read and they learn to count and they color and they, you know, you see the steps as a child progresses. That all pretty much happens because they're around so many humans. Yeah. Like, we're just like a little group of primates, just like monkeys are. And you never, you know, not very often do you see one little monkey just over banging its head on the ground. And then it gets ate by, a, you know, some jaguar or something. They're all pretty on par. And that's without speech. That's with communication. But it's without speech. Well, we learn and, and kids learn so quickly um, that you don't have to worry about stuff like that. But what you do need to worry about is how to react to crisis and how to react in life to things yeah. to be the best person that you can be because that's that's all it is um life is relatively easy society has set us up so that we can uh, we have a a fiat money system in which you can go get a job and then you get paid money and then you use that money to buy stuff it's a really simple system you know that part of life is easy yeah like some people would say no it's hard to earn money or it's hard to whatever um it's it finding is, something you enjoy doing to earn said money. Sure. Or realizing, and this is a big problem with the generation that, that is coming up, is they think they inherently deserve and have earned whatever career they want. Yeah. And then if that doesn't work out, nothing else is going to work. And they go through this crazy crisis because in their entire life they've never been told, hey, that might not work out, might want to have a fallback plan. It's like, yes, honey, you definitely are going to be a doctor. And then Billy Bob's like, that's great, I could be a doctor. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, no, Billy Bob, you're probably going to be a ditch digger. But fuck, dude, put some weights on, get big. You're going to be one fucking hell of a ditch digger, dude. And you'll probably get paid and you'll be able to have your own place. You know what I mean? Like, being content with the fact that you're comfortable. Because a lot of kids seem nowadays just bounce from thing to thing, to job to job, to college, to community college, to trade school. And it's like, dude, you're 45. What are you still doing going to college? Yeah. Like, turn around, 
and just go, you know, go on a path. Make the money that you can make. Use all them degrees to at least get the $17 an hour job instead of $12 an hour job yeah. and fucking live with it. You know? Save money. Have fun. You know? But don't... You know, the entitledness sometimes is totally crazy about yeah. kids. Like, I'm going to be an anthropologist. No, you're not. Like, what does that mean? You're going to go dig up dinosaur bones? Just to let you know, a lot of that shit's already been done. Not a whole lot of dinosaurs left. Not a huge ton of money in the dinosaur world. Right. So, like... You know, there's other things to discover, but having a purpose, you know, in life or whatever. Like, I don't have a glorious job, but it pays my bills, has insurance. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got money in my pocket. Um, and I'm pretty content with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got a union job. It's got benefits. Yeah. You know, sometimes the hours bounce around or whatever, but... I tell people, for the most part, for what my job entails, it's not that horrible of a job. The shifts might suck. But because the only thing that sucks about the shifts is it doesn't match up with anybody else's shifts right. that nights? I know or hang out with. Yeah. So you trying to tell me you can't find one other person that works nights only that gets Monday and Thursday off, Jim? Well, that's just <laughs> the next couple weeks. No, I know. It's... So yeah, it's but it's one of those hard things to do because everybody else is either, at that point they've either got a family or they're doing their own thing like I'm doing. Yeah. You so can't that's just the hop that's up and yeah. jump and go do a thing when you got it. Yeah. And most of the time when I'm awake in the morning or in the afternoon is when everybody else is finishing up their day before I go to sleep to get ready for work that night when you're getting off work. <laughs> right. So that's where the counterbalance and what kind of sucks is. So it's finding, like for us, Thursday night is the only night we really get because Thursday night is one of my guaranteed nights off for the time being. And it works. And then we'll take like the weekends where if, say, like there's a wrestling event for us to watch. I'll end up typically having to work Saturday night or Sunday night and I'll go home and sleep the day before or that day, <laughs> come over in time to watch wrestling and then go straight to work. Yeah. So I'm crazy. up from like three thirty, four o'clock when the, the event starts and I'll be up until like six thirty, seven o'clock, eight o'clock the next morning well, before imagine, I pass like, out. Imagine if you were married right now with a couple of kids and you had that schedule. That'd be fucking insane to try and deal with it. Like, yeah, I can just tell you, I couldn't possibly, unless it was paying me so much money that nobody else had to work ever, I'd never work nights. Yeah. Not a fucking chance. You think I'm going to try and sleep all day with that monster Ollie awake yeah. and screaming well, at my and door? Well, see, so that was one of the I issues. I would have to go sleep in the backyard. That was one of the issues that I had with said girl before. We had actually, it didn't work out, obviously, because I'm single now. And something had happened in one of her past relationships where I tried to help out and assist everything because she had just gotten a job to work at. And because the dude was no longer in the picture, she had nobody to watch her son. So I would come over, watch him from 8 o'clock in the morning or like 12 o'clock in the afternoon, something like that, whenever she had to go to work, to whenever she'd come home. I would go home, attempt to get a quick little cat nap in, go to work at night that night, come home, sleep a little bit in the morning, and run the whole schedule all over again to where I would go over that there and help, crazy. help watch the kid, do her dishes, kind of do a little laundry for well, and that's like a big thing in relationships that I think people once you get used to a rhythm you don't realize that either you asked that person to do it like once or like it was a favor or you were like super grateful that they did it and pretty soon some things just become what that other person does yeah yeah like perfect example at my house like like Taylor is the opposite of a feminist she said it like a million times she super enjoys like having a really clean house doing her dishes, doing laundry, like being a good mom, organizing how shit goes, you know, around the house and getting people over and stuff. She super, super enjoys it. 
if she stopped doing the dishes for like a week, if I wasn't thinking about it, I'd be like, I'd look around and be like, fuck, there's a ton of dishes. What's going on? You know, like, I wouldn't just think to fucking pick up a rag and clean them. And I've done that, and I do do dishes and yeah. stuff. But what I mean is, is you get so used to somebody else doing something that you don't even notice until, like, there's a whole fucking sink of dishes where you're like, oh, shit, the other person got really busy or stressed out and didn't fucking want to have to be the only one doing dishes. And just one little thing like that. Yeah. Or, you know, somebody doing laundry, and, you're, you know, you go to go... Like, I've gotten in the morning to get ready for work and I go to look and there's no socks or no you know or there's one pair of socks and they're like super goofy socks not ones I want to wear to work or whatever I'm like where all the socks go because I just assume that my fucking drawer like an arrogant asshole always has clean it's just always going to have clean fucking socks in it you know you know or the opposite you know like Taylor can call me you know and it should be like we had a big problem I'm like oh what's going on you know like you got to get home there's like a spider in said space and that means I can't be in that room like until you get here and that's where the laundry is. and it's like total meltdown mode you know yeah like that kind of thing where it's like am I really the only one that can kill a fucking spider like their biggest threat is a shoe yeah like, it's like dude I had know. neighbors that would call me up at 2 o'clock in the morning to go kill spiders for me. <laughs> yeah they better be making you pie or buying you beer dude something but yeah uh in relationships going wrong like like, I've had some relationships that ended, like, super terribly. Like, you know, I probably, like, 99% of them, you know, like, super ugly, yeah. crazy split, you know. Uh, and then I've had a couple that were just awesome. You know, it's like, hey, we're not getting along great. Let's figure this shit out because we're both good people. We're just not good people together. <coughs> we're not good under these circumstances, yeah. you know. And, and, you know, with that being said, shit, there's... Yeah, that doesn't come along, but if anybody out there that's listening is planning on going through, like, a breakup or a divorce or splitting up anything or even getting rid of a shitty roommate, whatever it is, make it amicable. Like, Yeah, don't make, make it, it bad easy. for both of you. Yeah, yeah, because the second you're like, well, I want my this back, or and then they're like, well, yeah, I want this back, and I bought you that. Well, all you got is a box full of chick shit, and they got a box full of dude shit that neither one of you wants. You know, and that's like on the real low end of fucking matter. And now start adding like houses and cars and fuck. You know, who wants to go be an asshole to get fifty one percent of shit instead right. of fifty? Or like, you know, I really don't need another this or that. This TV stand. I don't need another TV. I don't need. How about you just fucking keep it? You know, because it's already sat in that spot. Right. It's fine right where it's at. You know, if you don't want it, I'll take it. You know, wh- whatever it is, just be cool to each other, because there's just. No point in being an asshole. Yeah. How in you know unless something ends super terribly, how do you go from like, you know, loving each other and having a relationship to like I fucking hate you in like any amount of time? Unless you do something bad to each other or something bad to the kids or something, you're just a terrible person in general. Um, there's no reason for you guys to hate each other so much. You know whatever it is. And when you look back, especially I always try and think like, how am I going to look at this when I'm sixty? How am I going to look at this if I'm 70? Like, yeah. where I've, you know, lived my whole life. I should be done making big-ass mistakes or, like, I should have learned from a lot of things. Or I can look back through a different lens on the past and go, like, holy shit, that wasn't really that big of a deal. That wasn't really that, you know, drastic of a problem. And that upended a certain part of your life, like a big portion of your life. And it's like, just move forward. Because yeah. every second you move forward and actually utilize that moving forward... It's time that you get back. 
Because any time wasted after that is kind of like sitting in a rocking chair. And two people arguing about things from the past or things that neither one are going to change is like two people racing in a rocking chair. Like, yeah. neither one of you moving. You're both getting tired. Just quit it. So, with that being said, be nice to each other. Break up easy. Buy each other cards. What was like, for example, what was a really bad, shitty breakup that you had? Like, oh. without putting any names out there. Oh, it's okay. I, I'm, Anybody that knows me that listens to the podcast knows my first divorce was fucking crazy bananas awful. Um, and it was like a zero to 60 kind of thing. Like get your shit out of my house, um, you know, and be as far away from me as possible in as short amount of time as possible. And so I did, you know, I packed up all my shit and I was gone like the very next day or whatever. But then the never ending, like, here's a bill, here's a bill, here's a bill. And I'm like, these aren't my bills anymore. I don't live, I don't live there. And like, oh, here's bills for me specifically. And you're like, I, those aren't my bills. Like, those are yeah. your bills. Why do you want me to pay them? You know, like, I, you know, and like, I didn't even have a job when I got divorced the first time. So there was nothing for me to give anybody. Yeah. I just came home with my tail tucked between my legs and started stacking up bills from a city a hundred and something miles away. You know, right. and that's essentially what happened. So it was like really ugly. And I probably spent like a couple, three years feeling really bad for myself making really really poor decisions not like i wasn't doing drugs i wasn't like drinking i wasn't i just wasn't trying to get back to normal yeah. i just assumed like i was this piece of shit that couldn't hack it and had to move home and now i'm working in like <coughs> restaurant dish pits and i'm living in shitty basements that don't even have bathrooms and i'm living you know like it just wasn't treating me right because i didn't think i deserved it or i wasn't at the time yeah you know well this is what life's like if you can't fucking hack it like, thinking you only get one shot, you know? And once you realize, like, oh, I just need somebody else to build me up, life gets better again. So, you know, that every time those things happen, <coughs> you develop a shell to it. Like, you develop, that's just one more kind of thick-skinned thing to that thing, going like, okay, I remember how I reacted, and there's no point in reacting like that. I wish I had already had that time back, so I might as well keep yeah. this time as I move forward. And that, you know, every relationship since, obviously, that didn't work out. Uh, has led to the next. Yeah, has led to the next better thing. You know, yeah. now, like, I have my son and my daughter, you know, and I have a pretty cool head on my shoulders. I've gotten older. Like, I, I haven't gotten in a fist fight in a really long time that wasn't, like, justified. Like, yeah. I, that I wouldn't. Like, I only was defending myself yeah. or something like that. And I just happened to be, like, <clears throat> very good at defending myself. Right. Right. That Which, you know, but, like, getting in a fight, screaming at people. Uh, throwing fit over stuff that you can't control, I've become like better at it. You know what I mean? And uh, <clears throat> just knowing your worth, like in the workplace, and confidence is huge too. You know, like younger people or people that you know haven't dealt with a lot of that strife yet, don't have a knack for that yet. And that's what t typically makes people that deal with crisis well then end up being able to be in better positions in life, either through employers or whatever you do. Um. Because that's what life allows, you know yeah. what I mean? That's <coughs> that's why you don't have 20-year-old bosses or whatever, because for the most part, a 20-year-old boss wouldn't know shit. Like, they know it's when it's, everything's awesome and everything's working, well, what happens when a freezer goes out? What yeah. happens when the power goes out? What happens when the credit card machine stops working? What happens when somebody just robbed the fucking store? You know, right. like, stuff like that. What happens when a guy comes in with a gun and he's acting really weird at your convenience store? Yeah. Not that that specific thing happened to me in real fucking life. <laughs> but when it did, I was like, okay, 
I know what walls to put me between me and crazy guy, and I know where my pistol's at. So yeah, all's good, you know. Whereas some fucking eighteen year old kids just can put their fingers between their ear and hope they don't hear a loud sound. Right. <laughs> like, I, I end up having two phases when it comes to like relationships, and I've I and I had rules when I was single, like for like the the hookup situation. Yeah. Like I had rules that I that I abided by. Like I had certain rules, like no staying the night at each other's houses. Because that eventually leads to being domesticated, domiciled creatures or whatever. See, I think we had similar rules. But, like, so one night in a row, that's just taking advantage of a bed. Right? Like, instead of having to fuck at a hotel or on a couch or something, or awkwardly getting up. I mean, if that's understandable. That's like, if if you're too intoxicated to drive, or... Or you just had a... you 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 said you were staying somewhere at somebody's house... And now you're at my house. Right, that so kind that, of thing. So there's that one. There's no um, two days in a row though. That's oh, how you see, that's that a was, good rule. That was back back that's to back and was okay. Rule. But it's not staying the night. And see I was okay with that. Um no kissing on the lips, either hello or goodbye, only during the act of whatever's going on. Oh wow. Because then that <laughs> that can lead to feelings. Uh-huh. And if said feelings got involved at any then point, then you don't get to be single anymore. Well, no. At, if feelings got involved at any point on either side, you have to speak up to the other person about it, so they can decide whether or not they want to continue the situation or walk away. Because that way, nobody officially gets hurt. If the feelings are just starting to arise, you can be like, "I think I'm starting to," but then if they just like, "Okay, oh, see, I don't want anything," so see, I'm gonna step I away. I always think of. Uh... That's one of those, like, uh, what was I talking about earlier, where, like, uh, men get a pass on things oh, yeah. or women get a pass yeah. on this other thing. That's one I've always just assumed that it's, I'm the one, like, a chick can be, like, clingy or can be, like, indie or whatever, and it's really on you to, like, when you decide, like, to let him in or not. Yeah. So, like, it's, you just have to be like, no, nah, I ain't into that or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I always just thought that was the case, but then I guess, I guess that's never worked. Oh, that's unfortunate. Wow, I never thought about that until just right now. Yeah. Where I was like, no, dude, I'm always the one that decides whether or not we're going to be Because that's the cool stuff. thing. Like, if you start vibing on a chick and she's like, I just want sex. Which, honestly, it happens, but it doesn't happen as often as we would like to think it does. Or we haven't met those chicks. I'm pretty sure that only happens in movies, Jim. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I have known girls that are like, I just don't want anything. Like, if we're going to do this, I'd either want somebody I'm going to hang out with or, and somebody that's just going to be the physical side of it to give me that need there and then that's all there is. Right. I've I have known chicks like that. Wow. It doesn't work ever in my favor because those are the chicks that end up being so cool and so badass you're like this is the broad that I think would be cool to be in a relationship <laughs> with. And then they're like, "Well, fuck you, that's not what I want." So get the two step in. <laughs> and then you're just like, "Well, fuck." So, but then I've also been on the other side of that aspect where it's like, okay, I don't see it going that way. (laughs) But then once you cut that off, then you're like, well, now I have nothing to play with. So you kind of have always, well, you always have have something something to play with, with. (laughs) but it's not fun playing by yourself. Back to handball. (laughs) (laughs) What what is that episode of that 70 show? It's like. You know, we can do 300 and something tonight. She's like, I just think I need my space. But don't, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> well, then I guess it's back to 12,476 <laughs> exactly. of the other thing. That's right. That's kind of gross. How do you think I learned how to count? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. So, I mean, there, like, there's definitely, and then there was like, 
anytime I would be in a relationship and it would end for whatever reason, I would be in the biggest fucking slump in the world yeah. until, until I either got, and there would just come a day where it was like, I'd just gotten a haircut, <laughs> just got a new outfit, and I'd be in the shower getting ready for the day for whatever reason, and it doesn't matter how or why. The song Return of the Mac by Craig. You know the song I'm talking about? (laughs) Okay. That song would come on and it would just be like a switch or a light flick (laughs) that got clicked in the head that was like, you're a fucking pimp. Just get to moving. Don't don't tread water on these bitches. Just (laughs) move on to the next. And that would be like where my brain would be like, okay, I'm good. And then you'd end up either running into said girl again, and then you're like, oh, shit, goddammit. And then you'd like have to wait like another six months for that song to come on. <laughs> instead of just going on YouTube and finding it and playing yeah, it. Yeah, I think people can get over shit really quick now, because you can just go to your favorite sad it, song, yeah. get that tub of ice cream situation out of the way, watch The Notebook, and fucking get over it. <laughs> go, I mean, I don't have like a specific way I do I, things, I don't, Yeah, but... no, it's not what I do. Either. <laughs> I don't... I don't have a diary filled with tears. Even though I'm on day, like, 19, no alcohol. That's right. Uncle Wrecking Ball has not had a drop of alcohol in 19 days. I still think my breakup (laughs) liquid of choice is somewhere between 2 and 17 kegs of beer. That's usually what it is. And, uh, yeah, with that being said... What happens if I have to? <laughs> and now that I'm older and way more mellow, like, is is breakup alcohol like two beers now? Like, or and like then a I, six like pack every, of wine mixers? Yeah, everything's all streamlined nowadays. <laughs> so like, instead of the six kegs of beer and like, like a year and a half or two years of super sadness, is it just like a six pack of spritzers or Ace Pineapple fucking cider? Not picking a specific one, but those things are boss of shit. And they don't make my tummy hurt like strong alcohol does. <laughs> you just get the sugar shits. That's right. And then YouTube it up, like you're saying, happy stuff, like little monkeys playing with flowers, playing with little dogs, that kind of stuff. Uh, and so then you, so you catch that one video in there where the monkey kills the dog, and you're like, this is not on this playlist. Why is this here? Uh, no, he that, played too hard. I'm back to sad. He broke his toy. <laughs> he didn't know there were no batteries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking it's of too which, loud. I won't okay, turn it off. Speaking of which, when it comes to kids, like, you know, relationships and kids and how you deal with your kids, toys nowadays are fucking bananas. Yeah. So there was this toy mouse. It's like as big as like a real little field mouse. And it was running around my driveway when I got home yesterday. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And it was like, and it's like making noise and everything and like going around. Like I knew it wasn't real, but I'm like, where did that toy come from? That's the fucking coolest thing I've seen. It like, and it's like, and Taylor looked at me. She's like, "That's like a dollar store toy." And I'm like, "What? Like, no Why way!" Why is that a dollar? But it's like a five dollar toy, probably yeah. at Walmart. But still, it has a sensor in it, and the little mouse was just running around. It bumped into my stairs. It turned around and go another direction, bumping into something else, turn around, and it's making all this noise and doing all this shit, like. Like, the fact that little four-year-olds can play with drones now is insane yeah. to me, too. Or or they can know that a DVD goes in, like, Ollie is two, going on three, and he knows what his favorite show is, he'll tell me what it is, he knows how to open the thing, put the DVD in, shut the thing, and he's kind of rough, so you gotta watch him, but he gets the idea, yeah. and then he looks at the remote, you know, and he's like, 
you know, he's just pushing rat and buttons, but he gets that the remote is what makes the thing work. Yeah. You know, same thing. He'll pick up his little calculator, a little cheapo dollar store calculator, but looks like a phone, and he'll fucking put it up to his ear and be like, hello? Hello, who's there? Well, it's because he sees mom and dad do right. it Right, and so it's like so that. crazy. Like, that's the new norm, you know what I mean? Like, we saw fucking cell phones and shit on TV, like Steven Seagal talking to, like, the bad guy. Uh, what fucking movie is that? So the guy from... Uh, not Three from Hell, but the movie before it. Devil's Rejects. Okay. So the sheriff in that okay, okay. plays a bad guy in the 80s opposite Steven Seagal. And we're talking a vicious, evil, ruthless bad guy. I've but probably he seen had it, a I... cell phone back in the day, and it was one of those gray-cased, black-faced, monster, huge big cell phone. Yeah, the big brick where you could barely see the buttons. Like, the whole thing was black on the face of it, and then the little letters were just like orange or something you know you could but see. then it had the the yellow screen but yeah with the number i thought would pop for up. the longest time that the movie just meant that it was based in the future i didn't even know what a cell phone was <laughs> until i was like i don't even know how old i was before i thought new cell phones were real like I well it's because you didn't see them as a kid around no here. i lived in the fucking woods well even like, like even around that, here like here you were the first person i knew that had a cell phone like that I thought that I knew personally like my mom didn't have one my dad didn't have well, one well yeah none of my friends or family around me had cell phones you had the first cell phone I remember anybody had oh wow I'd seen people with them well my thing was so my I parents just thought were like, god those must be so expensive and then you like showed up with a phone and I was like what my parents were like you can have it like cause I wanted a phone like that was like you see all the cool kids with the phone and so that was kind of like if I have a cell phone I'll be one of the cool kids so yeah. like you try to get into that cool kid phase where like you just have what the cool kids have, and they're like you can have it, but you got to pay for it yourself. Yeah, and I was like, well, that's fine. Like I'll get a job. So that's when my uncle got me the job at the bowling alley, and that was the first thing I bought, other than like it was a phone. Was a phone, yeah. Like went I through Sprint. I've been through Sprint probably. See, I eighty percent of my hundred like uh, out of like the cell phone owning yeah. phase. Like the only other person I've gone through was Verizon. But. uh like, <laughs> did the brain fart just slip out there? I did. I brain fart because I was, I was starting to think like, okay, we're going to start talking about Sprint and Verizon. My brain's going to fucking go, go off into yeah, space, let's, dude. Let's leave uh, that alone. Let's leave that alone. We already but had a like, conspiracy theory moment. No the shit. No, dude, At that's probably what just happened. Dude, I don't have my fucking tinfoil hat don't on right know, now. What you don't know is that light pole out there is a 5G pole, so sorry. I, I bet to, it is, dude. I hate to tell you right now. We are getting radiation poisoned right now, dude. They're turning sorry, our guys. fucking brains to mush. Sorry, guys. Holy uh, shit. So, action figures, what about this thing that you're watching <laughs> on Instagram? Oh, dude, okay. You're so, welcome. Yes. Yeah, so, okay, listen, folks. Uh, all elite wrestling figures, I think is what it's called. Figs. I think it's just figs. Yeah, uh, yeah, elite action figs. And it's a comic book style cell blocked storyline thing, but they t- they set up action figure wrestlers in rings and in backstage uh, like situations and then write out the storyline like the, the the script back and forth and who's talking and it sets up, you know, they have the AEW, Royal Rumble, they're going to have the WrestleMania in the future, but what it does is it takes like every single action figure ever from every promotion ever and uses them in this convoluted, crazy, super funny storyline thing. So like Eddie Guerrero right now on this is the AEW champion, and the big shows like 
the WCW Big Ric Flair gold belt champion, and then they got like they're gonna bring in pre- like the president, and it's either gonna be uh, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, The Rock, or Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, it's super interesting. And if you have Instagram, look it up. It's either Elite Wrestling Figs or All Elite Wrestling Figs. But if you type that in Wrestling Figs, it's gonna pop up, and it's super entertaining. Um, they, I saw one today. It was like, uh, like a WrestleMania preview match or whatever, oh, and it yeah. was like Undertaker come out, and then Undertaker gets to the ring and he's all standing there, and you hear it, the screen goes black again, and then Sting's music starts playing. And so <laughs> they set up that dream match. Yes, and yes, so then they yes, get yes. the two dudes in the ring and they're both kind of looking at each other and they take their jackets off. And they're standing there, and then you see them look up it, and there's like a WrestleMania sign in the background. Oh, there. And then doing... they look back at each other, and then like Taker starts to put his gear back on to walk out, and then that was like the end of the little like minute promo or whatever they cut for it. Well, you can thank Vince McMahon for making every headliner leading up to WrestleMania point at the WrestleMania sign to let everybody know where they're going, like Babe Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm Some gonna, of those moments I'm are actually the like... ball there. Well, yeah, but you always knew they were happening. Like when Ronda Rousey did, it's like, oh, yeah, I was pretty sure you were going to WrestleMania to win the belt. You know, or any well, my, of the times like, My favorite one seeing, seeing on that has been, um, like, the Hogan Rock right, face Right, back off. in the day they did that. And then, like, the Triple H uh, Undertaker face-off has always been that way where like they come out and they just stare and then they look up at the sign and they're just like okay well yeah it's like the essence of and like the friction and energy of two such mega stars just them being in a ring hinting at the fact that they're gonna lock horns is enough to stir the crowd and then like to put unaudibly like hinting that it's gonna be a wrestlemania match as well I mean, it brings everything to a strip yeah. crazy. I mean, well, like we were like the Hogan Rock one. Nobody thought that match would ever happen. And when and it even did, it, it was fucking good. It, I mean, it wasn't the greatest match in that the was world, a good but it match. made it, it made it work. And it, the way they had been able to flip it to bring Hogan to the point where he's like, okay, the Rock is now the man. He is the dude that has taken my place as far as like superstardom in this business. Oh, he yeah. has surpassed me. And not only that, whoa, did it... whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, fella. okay, whoa. okay. Whoa, watch your fucking okay. tone, fella. <laughs> now we can all agree that Hogan is the man when it comes to wrestling. I was gonna say I don't but, see any fifty thousand dollar rock prototypes on eBay. Just go check it out, people. But <laughs> you know in that same about. aspect, <laughs> the Rock has surpassed wrestling. Oh, much yeah, like, now. But at like, that time, he hadn't pulled up to Hogan yet. I think he had. In wrestling. We're not. You're, we're like including his movies and shit, dude. No, I no, no. I get that. I'm his talking, career as a person. I'm talking in wrestling alone. Because uh, Hogan was recognizable, but then when you get to The Rock, the merchandise that he had behind him with the catchphrases is how people knew him. Are, Hogan, you, are you trying to tell me that Hogan didn't, like, corner the market on merchandise and catchphrases? Oh, no, phrases? he did. He Brother. did. He did. <laughs> what I'm saying, though, is, too, also in that same aspect, Hogan's big thing was just being the good guy. Say your prayers, say your items, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Then when he went and be- did the bad guy thing, everybody, that's when people were like, Hogan's the shit. Like, not saying that Hogan wasn't the, well, the best like before. It's like put him over. Yeah. And that's the same thing that happened with The Rock. So when The same Rock... Same thing that happened with Sting. Yeah. When The Rock left and did his thing, like, when he first came in, he was... Rocky, Rocky Maivia. So he played off of his dad and his grandpa. And he was a super heel. No, he was a good guy. 
when he first came in the business, he was a good guy. Yeah, but he was like a smiley then good he guy. He was. Like, he was like and a, then once he got to the point where everybody was like, Rocky sucks, then he went and joined the nation. Then he was kind of like in the background from the nation. Then he stepped to the forefront, and that's when people started paying attention to him. When he starts saying... What put him over out of heel? At was heel? that him and him was, in Austin or um, before that? To move forward out of the heel? Yeah. Like I what, think it was... I mean, he went from super heel and having the... He had the Intercontinental strap. He was the Intercontinental. That was the first belt that he ever won. And then it was... He went from that to the heavyweight, I think. I don't think he was ever European champ. Um, no, I think he... Did he have the big gold belt at any time during the crossover? The wings? Or yeah. no, WCW belt? Yeah. Yeah, he the held Rick that. Flair belt, yeah. He beat um, Booker T for that at like oh, a SummerSlam really? or something when they did the WCW invasion. But prior to that, like when he went from the nation, it was, and the reason people really started hating him was he started talking in the third person. And then it got to a point where he would like, the catchphrases were so loved. Yeah because how cheesy they were that then he kind of got pushed into kind of from that anti-hero from that anti-hero to the hero side where he got pushed in straight the the baby face role well it's kind of like stone cold steve austin like he was him he was there for him he wasn't a good or a bad guy he just kicked ass on what was ever in front of him sometimes he did shit where you're like oh you motherfucker you know you teamed up with this guy teamed up with that guy and came up with like the double crosses and shit but for the most part he would just smash anybody in front of him yeah you know some referee or something would be being badass to him or whatever and let him off the hook or something and bam they'd get a stun or two yeah <laughs> well the cool thing to me was always watching the the tag teams that ended up winning the, the belts that you never expected to see rock sock connection dude. well there's that one but that one people kind of saw coming because they were both oh, it's just so, so good weird though yeah they were both so good to watch it or like when Triple H and Stone Cold were the tag champs. Oh, really? Yeah. When? Um, it was, I want to say, 2000-ish. Oh, wow. Um, Stone Cold had... Triple H? Because I remember Stone Cold tagged up with... Stone Cold and The Undertaker at one point, and then they had a head-to-head because one of them had the championship belt, the heavyweight belt, and then they lost those belts like the week before the pay-per-view to go into that but Triple H and Stone Cold were actually on the same side of like opposing The Rock and anybody else that was in the way so they were like and they won the tag belts I think from maybe the Dudleys or something like that but they they were tag belts and I think Stone Cold was the champ and then somehow they lost the tag belts and it, it was a weird or no I think they beat um Undertaker and Kane was oh, what it okay. was when they were Brothers of Destruction the first time around. Didn't the same kind of crumbling happen with them too, though? Didn't one of them hold a, a singles title and also one half of the uh, tag titles? Taker and Kane? Yeah. At one point, didn't they have three belts between them? I think Kane was like the Intercontinental belt or something like that. Intercontinental champion. And, and half tag of it, yeah. Yeah. Or the Hardcore champ or something like that. I did see a fantastic fucking meme the other day that was like, if 2020 was a championship belt, it was like the hardcore belt. <laughs> it was all just like demolished. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. That's fitting. But we're halfway done with this motherfucker. Very You sorry. know what I mean? Like in, in 2000, you know, halfway through the year in 1999, everybody's worried their computer's going to crash and it's going to be Skynet and fucking total blackness and everything's going to get ruined. Never happened. Uh, 
December whatever, 2011, just for the Mayan calendar, whatever, ended. Everybody's like, shit, stuff's going to happen. Didn't happen. Now we're in 2020. We're halfway through. All we got to do is get to January 1st. Boom. All those conspiracies gone. And guess what we get to do, Jim? Move on to the next conspiracy, baby. Ooh. Woo! 2027. That's what we're looking for. What's that Comets, to be? asteroids, fucking plasma flares, dinosaurs, back to aliens again. We'll take it. And I'm just putting that out now, folks. <laughs> I made every fucking bit of that up. Bryce so is if Simpson. something I'm Simpsoning for the first time <laughs> on Fancy Tickles podcast, y'all. 2027. Strap in your fucking boots. We got seven years of fucking awesome, and then boom, us versus the aliens, y'all. That's what it's gonna be. Mars attack, Will Smith, come on down. Yeah, if they say we come in peace, don't fucking believe them. Just get your AKs, get your shoddy shotguns, get your wrist rockets, get your fucking armored up vehicles, and for sure, stock up on that tinfoil, folks. <laughs> tinfoil hat. 30 in 27. <laughs> uh, with that being said, man, uh, we love you. It was another good episode. Uh, again, this is a good time in the podcast. If anybody has any ideas or thoughts that you want us to talk about on the podcast, something that maybe we haven't struck on because there's a million minds out there and there's shit that I don't think about with all the things that run through my fucking head all the time. I always go back to, like, conspiracies and wrestling and, yeah. and you know, life this is, and shit. This is kind of a behind-the-scenes, guys, but we literally decided on this topic, like, two minutes before we decided to record. Yeah. We looked so. at each other and we're like, relationships, children? Right on, dude. Let's just run this kit. Uh, I don't even have a note for shit. And uh, so, yeah. With that well, being our, said. our notes are basically just living life. So that's what, Right yeah. up in here, dude. And that's, that's why I thought, like, our whole platform was just... I know. Let's start it off. I'm with not this. gonna lie. Some of our episodes, based on how much y'all have been listening, have not been something it sounds like you want to be listening to. <laughs> so we're gonna try and get back to the funny. Hit uh, us with some questions get... that maybe we can take that question and make into a full episode. Yeah, or like you know, more questions. I don't want to go like right back into a Q and A episode, but yeah. like, give us some topics to fucking ponder upon. And then we'll find the ones in those that all fit together. Like, we get 50 responses, you know, five, six, seven of them are probably, you know, or even a couple, three of them are all going to tie together and be like, oh shit, that's a fucking episode. So help us out, y'all. Uh, I think might be a good time to announce some big news. I have some big news. Oh? For us. That's news to me. For Fancy Tickles. Okay. So... Me. Because this, this is breaking for me as well, folks. It so is. Here we go. And this is going to involve Jim having to work really hard, so he's going to love how I made him do it. Okay. But if you love the podcast, if you love what we're doing, hit us up. We're making t-shirts now based on all kinds of stuff. Jim's going to be posting some pictures. I'm going to be Instagramming some pictures of the graphics that we have and stuff that's available. And some of this shit's pretty funny. Uh, I don't want to, like, spoiler alert it and say what any of them are about. But uh, just think of like uh, great duos. Great, du yes, great duos in history from all the things that we talk about with a super awesome Jim. I can't believe how good he is with just a phone in his hand at photo editing. I, I got to give some credit because on one of them, uh, 
she cleaned it up a whole lot better than I had it. Right. Um, Tiffany at Wassums has been a lifesaver when it comes to this stuff. And eventually we will get further into where we can get more bulk shirts made where we'll have to go somewhere else. So if anybody out there has any hookups, send it, uh, the information our way so we can get more bulk stuff made if you guys are really interested in That's it. That's right. And But for now, if you want one of these original one-off probably never going to get printed again uh custom fancy tickle shirts hit me up hit jim up um we're not trying to make money off of it but i think it'd make a for a super funny laugh if i'm going through walmart or i'm going through a store and i see you wearing fancy tickles i'm gonna stop and bug you because you're probably not going to recognize me as the dude on the shirt no and then i'm going to hit you with a line that only uncle breckenball can do and boom we're there talking <laughs> about tinfoil hats and children and conspiracies and pro wrestling and action figures and life. And with that, I fucking love y'all. This is a good episode for me. I'm sure it's a good episode for Jim. And uh, we're uh, we're saying uh, sail off. Later, y'all. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.